be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Glad you're with us on a Thursday morning. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today on News Talk KBOI along with Chris Walton and Nathaniel over there and new guy running the board. So when things screw up, I don't even get to blame Nathaniel today. I get to blame new guy who has the brokenest set of headphones I've ever seen in my life. This is radio. We need to fix that. Oh, I've seen them more broken than that. Have you? Yeah. Have you seen more broken than that? I've, I've worn I mean, ones that were one more broken than that. One headphone sits on an ear that he holds in place. The mm-hmm. other is like dangling off the side of his head. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not even going to make an analogy, but it's bad. We need to fix this. Anywhere. So it's okay, new guy. Anywhere in just about any radio station. Go to a drawer or a shelf or something where there are five or six, you know, pair of uh, of headphones that are available for you to mm-hmm. use. Mm-hmm. And find the one that works. You're right. You're right about that. <laughs> uh, for the rest of you, good morning. Uh, enough with the radio inside business. Uh, we're glad that you're with us on this Thursday. Uh, Going to be warm today and tomorrow. Going to be cool on the 4th of July, believe it or not. About 82 degrees is all we'll see on the 4th. So get through the next couple of days, and we're going to be in good shape. Looks like a, a pretty nice weekend into the 90s, though. Um, we are going to tell you about a number of things that are in the news today. Uh, we will tell you that, uh, representative Liz Cheney is super confident in Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony that she gave to the January 6th committee, uh, in their hearings the other day. We're going to tell you about what's going on with, uh, Vladimir Putin, who apparently is, they didn't call him as a witness, did they? No, no, they didn't call him. We're going to, that's a whole different story about Vladimir Putin. Gotcha. Man, if he was linked to the January 6th thing, that would be a whole different story. But that's not it. No, we will tell you about what's going on with the Supreme Court today as well. A new judge is about to be sworn in as a Supreme Court justice today. Judge Brown will be sworn in as a Supreme Court justice today. Noon Eastern, 10 o'clock local time. Making history as the first female African-American justice beginning what could be a decades-long tenure. It's Katanji, by the way. Katanji. I just Katanji. call her Judge Brown. Well, it's Katanji. Yeah. Technically, her last name is Jackson. It's Katanji Brown Jackson. Brown Jackson. Yeah. Okay. I'll do my best to remember. Katanji isn't one of those that kind of rolls off your tongue. you got to mm-hmm. think about that for a minute. But Judge well, Katanji I'm sure we'll, Brown I'm sure we'll Jackson. get used to it like we did. There we go. With, you know, Whizzer White. The Supreme Court today will issue final opinions and orders as two big cases await resolution concerning one, the environment, the other is immigration. New challenges related to women's reproductive health, the Second Amendment, and even same-sex marriage are also likely to swirl in state and federal courts across the U.S. in the near future, as we well know. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Ukraine As I mentioned, NATO formally invited Sweden and Finland to join its alliance yesterday. A historic expansion of the uh, defense bloc that directly undercuts Russian President Vladimir Putin as uh, his war in Ukraine continues to grind on. Uh, After the deadliest school shooting in almost a decade, the governors of Texas and Iowa this week announced Commitments of at least $100 million each to try to help prevent similar tragedies. 
Okay. We'll so, tell you about that a little bit. So it, if, the, if the money was what we were waiting for, we have that now. Well, there's some money out there now, yeah. Um, so there's there's plenty on the docket today to uh, to go over. We'll have some sports for you. Boise State made an announcement on its football schedules yesterday that we need to touch on a bit. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about what they're doing with the football schedule? You know what? I missed that one. All right. So I know we're not in sports yet. I'll do something else, I guess. But Boise State announced they've agreed to a home-and-home series with Memphis. Series will begin at Memphis next season in 2023, and the Tigers are visiting Albertson Stadium in 2026. Didn't we just lose to Memphis? But that was basketball, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The Broncos are also scheduled to host a current or future Autonomous Five Conference opponent each season through 2025. They announced that their home-and-home series that they have with Rice is going to get pushed back a little bit, though. The first game with Rice is scheduled clear out at 2032. Oh, wow. And the Owls will come here in 2035, just in case you're looking for season tickets for 2035. Just in case you're still alive. Uh, Also... The Broncos announced that they will host Eastern Washington in 2025. All of those games, we yeah. hope, you'll be able to hear right here on News Talk KBOI. Considering they're a division down, probably, you know, uh, not as exciting, but, you know, it's, no. it's good It's good geographically. Well, Eastern Washington, uh, we have taken coaches from Eastern Washington, as you know. Mm-hmm. We have had players that have stepped up from Eastern Washington to play at Boise State in the past. Um, heck, they, I think they we also, had an offensive coordinator. Maybe it was a defensive coordinator. That they uh, they also, by the way, like Boise State, have a field that is not green. Yeah, it's totally red. It's weird to look at. I'm not going to lie. They call it the I'm, Inferno. I'm sure people say the same thing when they look at the blue and say, well, that's weird. Yeah, that's what do. I look at when I look at the red. This field is what there. gets me on Twitter. I mean, they Boise call it State, Inferno, really. Boise State has had. Uh, I, I was a. I was an intern in the athletic department when Boise State installed the blue turf back in the day. Back in the day, back in 1986, and so that's been 14 plus 36 years ago, right? Okay. Okay. There are still people on Twitter that that uh, say, "What is this blue field?" Like they've never heard of it before, and maybe they haven't. Right. Yeah, the the blue turf at Boise State is uh, it's a thing. I guess that's why they copyright it, huh? Uh, yeah, actually. It's protected. You know, anybody who tries to do something with a blue field, you got to ask Boise State to do it first. Interestingly enough. That's you can't true. just do that. you got to ask permission. That's a Boise State thing. People have, have uh, made fun of that for years, and, and I've always said, you know what, it's not real grass. Why should it pretend to be green? Okay. Real grass is green, so, of course, you don't have to color it any color. But, you know, our artificial grass can be anything because it's not real. That's true. Because it doesn't have to look real. That's true. I wish you could change the field color like people that dye their hair. Like, this week it's going to be blonde. Next week it's going to be blue. The following week, yeah, they could go some kind of crazy shade of purple. My guess is... My guess is there are a lot of scientists that aren't working on that. Well, I hope not. Let's move on. It's time for sports. On News Talk KBOI. All right. Let's talk about the Seattle Mariners this morning. It's brought to you first by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. 
Fat guys making up the best soups and sandwiches. Did you go by and have some soup yesterday, Nathaniel? I didn't forget. Oh, that's right. I didn't. I went home. I stopped and grabbed a bowl of soup on the way home. That's how I roll. Uh, by the way, you can call in your order ahead of time to the Fat Guys in Meridian, 208-855-0424, or you can stop by their new location in Boise. Call ahead at 208-908-6930. Make your lunch plans now to stop by and have one of the best sandwiches, a great bowl of soup today at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. All right. The Mariners doing a little home cooking against the Baltimore Orioles. Here's the pitch. Swung on. Ground ball hits the bag at third. Bounces down the left field line of base hit. Here comes Toro to score from third. Around to third goes Frazier. The throw into second base. And sliding in safely, Sam Haggerty. Welcome back from Tacoma. The Mariners with a 4-1 lead in the ballgame. Haggerty with a hard ground ball down the third base line. It hit the bag and bounced farther down the left field line. Toro scoring easily with run number four. Frazier scampers around to third. And Haggerty is in at second base with an RBI double. 4-1 Mariners. Thank you, Cairo Radio, for the call. Sam Haggerty hit that RBI double, pushed the Mariners' lead to 4-1 to uh, on the O's, but they weren't done there. Best be ready, and the 2-1 pitch. DeJulio, swing and a well-hit ball. Deep to left center field. Going and going in. A bird deck. Goodbye, baseball. Holy smokes and a mile by. Julio Rodriguez with his 12th home run of the season. And I'm telling you, it was a two-run bolt into the upper deck in left center field. Julio with his 12th home run of the season. And now the Mariners lead the Orioles by a score of 7-1. to That was a big shot, too. Two-run home run to giving the Mariners a 7-1 to lead over the Orioles. That was just in the fourth inning. Seattle went on to beat Baltimore by a score of 9-3. to Now, Seattle is currently 36-41 and on the season. They're still not doing great in the AL West, but you've got two good, really good teams, in fact, in the Astros and the Angels that are sitting ahead of them. The Mariners' chances of eclipsing either of those teams is not real good. When you consider the fact they had two guys in their lineup yesterday that were hitting less than 200. Yeah, boy. Their catcher and their DH. Let's see, their catcher, Raleigh, is hitting 190 on the season. Toro, their DH. I mean, I don't know how many at-bats he has, but he's hitting 178. Oh, wow. And they're backed up on guys that are hitting 210 and 222. My gosh, it's no wonder the middle of their order isn't getting any production. They talked about that one guy. They said, welcome back from Tacoma. Maybe they should bring a lot of people over from Tacoma. Yeah, well, give them a try. You you can't say no to that. Uh, By the way, the uh, Houston Astros are number one in the division right now. They are 47 and 27. Yankees still the best in the American League at 56 and 20. We'll have some highlights because here comes the judge once again yesterday. KBOI News Time is 618. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Thanks for hanging with us at 625. Rick Worthington here with Chris Walton. It's Thursday morning. Looks like it's going to be a pretty decent day. Uh, At least in terms of temperature, I say. It's going to be a pretty nice day right around the... uh, a little Lower cooler yeah, than it has been. Yeah. Lower to mid-90s isn't so bad. We'll take that. Yesterday was really, really nice. Uh, 
maybe I didn't tell you this. The Christmas presents that we got for our girls this year, we bought them electric scooters. Mm-hmm. The kind that you would see people zipping around on on the green belt or something like that. These or are on, on 8th Street downtown. <laughs> yeah, pretty fast as it turns out. An 8 and an 11-year-old riding these really fast scooters. Yeah. But we can turn down the uh, the settings on them so they're not quite as fast. Sort of a governor. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, you, you can, yeah, you could regulate it a little bit. Like sending your kid out in your Corvette. You know, there are settings that you can like unlock or lock up half the power of that thing so they don't, you know, tearing around 140 miles an hour. <laughs> Same thing on the electric scooter, but uh, I was zipping around uh, our neighborhood the other day just for fun, getting out of the house a little bit in the evening. And I don't know what happened all of a sudden, but there are bugs out like crazy. Oh, yeah. I was wearing a white shirt. And uh, by the time I got back to the house, it was just covered in, in bugs from zipping around the, the I neighborhood. Was, uh, so, I was out in the backyard just the day before yesterday, and, and I kept thinking, where'd all these flies come from all of a sudden? Oh, did you have flies? Yeah, in the backyard. Oh, man, I hate fly season. I mean, I knew it was inevitable and we were going to get fly season. I just hadn't hadn't seen that as of yet. So I, I, like, okay. fly, I like fly fishing, but you know, you're not fishing for flies. Right. Uh, one of the big stories that's out today is Russia today pulled back its forces from a strategically placed Black Sea Island where they have faced relentless Ukrainian attacks, but kept up its push to encircle the last bulwark of Ukraine's resistance in the eastern province of Luhansk. I mean, I'm guessing on the... I would say in the eastern province of something Ukrainian. Uh, Russia's defense ministry said it withdrew its forces from Snake Island off of Ukraine's Black Sea port of Odessa. (laughs) There's a place I don't want to vacate. Yeah, I don't think I want to go to Snake Island very bad. And what it described is a a goodwill gesture. Oh, thanks, Russia. Took its forces off of Snake Island. Okay. A goodwill gesture? Yeah. This is the first they've thought of doing that? Yeah. Ukraine's military said the Russians fled the island in uh, two speedboats following a barrage of Ukrainian artillery and missile strikes. And again, in a place like Snake Island, to be like, yeah, you're good. Go ahead. It must have been that 21-gun send-off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> More news on the way for you. Local news uh, coming your way here at the bottom of the hour, so stand by. KBOI News Time is 628. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Now 634 on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington along with Chris Walton today. You know, the average cost of a pack of cigarettes in the United States uh, is out, uh, now an even $8. It's 8 bucks for a pack of smokes? Mm-hmm. 11 states along with the District of Columbia have an average price above $10 per pack. The states with the highest cigarette prices are, number one, New York, where uh, the average pack will cost you $11.96. In Rhode Island, it's $11.71. That's followed by Connecticut, $11.60. Massachusetts, $11.11. Minnesota, $10.49. Alaska, $10.46. Hawaii, $10.41. And then Maryland, $10.00. Oh, uh, Maryland, I see, 1066, Illinois, 1060, and Washington, $10.14. Now I know why my brother's always broke. Now the state with the cheapest pack of smokes is where your brother, I guess, should move. Missouri 
at an average price of $6.11. Now, I can still remember I worked at a bowling alley when I was in high school, and they had a cigarette machine where they were, <laughs> yeah. where they were 85 cents a pack. Cigarette machine. And so, you know, here it is, what, close to 40 years later, and it's gone from 85 cents to $6.11 in Missouri, but over 11 bucks in the Northeast. I remember, um, so I, I, I grew up mostly in Northern California, but I spent all my summers in Elko, Nevada. And in Elko, Nevada, it wouldn't be crazy at all to see a cigarette machine at any of the casinos. You could get cigarettes, you know, they were all over the place. Especially in casinos. Have you ever been in a casino that didn't smell like an ashtray? Me either. Well, I I, uh, I have some of the brand new ones in uh, in Las Vegas. Don't they right. were they were set up uh, even when people could smoke. They were set up with such good uh, circu- you know air circulation yeah. that uh, uh, what was it the uh, the ones that were owned by Steve Wynn for a long time. Oh, okay, yeah. the, the Bellagio, the uh, Treasure Island. I gotcha. And, and the Mirage. They would uh, pipe in extra o- oxygen to make people feel happy. Well, that's nice. Good for them. Yeah. But old school casinos that have been around since. Oh, like, yeah. Forever. Like, like downtown Las Yeah, Vegas. they, they right. smell like an ashtray. Like Fremont free, free Yeah. Point I was going to make, though, is I saw in the hospital. They had a cigarette machine and a vending machine. You had all your vending machines set up. They didn't really have a cafeteria, but they did have a cigarette machine in the right out there in the hallway. Yeah, in the hospital. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, not so long ago. KBOI News Time, 636. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Today is Thursday. It's the 20th. No, it's not. It's the 30th of June. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, who's on vacation. Be back after the 4th of July holiday. Last day of the month. A lot yeah, of people get yep, paid today. Yep. Chris so Walton is sitting fun. over there. And uh, Chris, are you guys going to do any 4th of July traveling this year? You gonna? It's a long weekend. You know, you get a three-day weekend out of this. So, Well, we're considering maybe going to Twin Falls. But uh, if we you know, wake up in the morning and don't feel like it, we'll stay home. It's, it's that important. What's for, fireworks show like over in Twin Falls? That's where you grew up. So, uh-huh. I mean, you probably got a pretty good indication of what that's all about. It's uh, similar to the one in Boise, probably on a smaller level. But they uh, usually have it at the uh, College of Southern Idaho on mm-hmm. the campus there. Yeah. And we never had to leave town because we only lived a few blocks from there when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And, and we could see the whole thing from our backyard. Uh, so, I'm going to play this story for you. Uh, this is from... ABC News talking about 4th of July holiday travel ramping up. This 4th is expected to be the second busiest travel day since the year 2000, despite flight cancellations and delays and those soaring gas prices. If you are traveling by car, this afternoon and tomorrow afternoon are expected to be the busiest times on the roads. According to AAA, commuters will be leaving work early and mixing with holiday travelers. So if you're going to be traveling for the 4th of July... It sounds like people are, you know, taking advantage of that starting today, taking an extra day or two off. And then, you know, you got the holiday on Monday, you extend things out a little bit and there you have it. Nice little vacation. Seems like the commuters should have their own road and the uh, holiday traveler should have their own road. Uh, The thing to remember, though, if you're traveling, you're going somewhere, you're taking a flight. Don't assume that your flight is actually going to leave the ground. I mean, I'm, I'm joking here a little bit. Thousands of flights have been canceled 
yeah. over the last several days. You're not joking that much. It's a lot like going to a casino. Well, I mean, you know, and putting it all on one hand and then saying, uh, okay, your flight will not be leaving today. Well, more than that, I don't want to make a joke out of it because, you know, if you have plans to go someplace and you got your family with you and you've spent hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars on flights, yeah, possible. you get to the airport and you just kind of expect that, hey, I did my part. <laughs> so I, I don't want to make a joke out of it because so many times people are expecting to get an opportunity to go somewhere yeah. and then plans all fall apart because the flight they were expected to jump on. Have you ever been stranded for go. a day? Because your flight was canceled, uh, I have. Yes. I have on more than one I occasion. Have. We got stranded on the uh, on the West Coast, which was not so bad, except we were flying from the East Coast to the West Coast and then to Boise. That was the route. And uh, when they figured out that the last flight of the day, the one from the coast to uh, Boise, was only half full, they just canceled the flight. And this has happened a couple of times. I'm not going to tell you which uh, airline it is, but it rhymes with Boonited. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, then. Which could be anything, really. All right. I, I have been stranded for a flight before. Um, that means hit it. When I do this, that means we're moving on. It's a new guy. It's all good. <laughs> I'll tell you about the flight. You probably just thought you were being threatening. Yeah. When I got stuck, I'll tell you about that. I'll do sports here first, though. Okay. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Fat Guys is the place where you can always trust a fat sandwich, because that's what they fix. Great, big, Fat, delicious sandwiches endorsed by Chris, mm-hmm. endorsed by Mike, yeah, endorsed by Rick. We love this place for good reason. Stop by and see either of their two locations we, in Meridian or in Boise. We tried not to, but we just couldn't help it. There's so much bacon there, Mike nearly passed out. Yeah. True story. He even ate some of it. He did. And I'm not going to tell you how all that went, but I mean... you. Get an idea. The guy's rubbing his tummy. He's like, yummy, yummy. Yeah, never mind. In sports, ESPN senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski uh, joining SportsCenter to discuss a trade that was made between the Atlanta Hawks and the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs sending uh, to Johnny Murray to the Hawks for uh, Jelly Arnie and three first-round picks. Woj saying despite the team entering a rebuild, head coach Greg Popovich is still expected to come back and play. You know, Greg Popovich, the expectation is that he's going to return again. He really enjoyed coaching that young team last year. He likes this young group. And so, um, you know, it's going to be a team that um, may be among the youngest in the NBA. Woj also talked about the uh, decision here by Atlanta. Uh, because they want to pair Murray and Trey Young together, and this may work out to be a pretty good deal. This has been a Hawks organization, I think as much as any in the league, that was just determined that they were going to make changes, they were going to get better. They gave up a lot. Three first-round picks, two of their own, uh, one they have uh, via Charlotte, and also a pick swap in 2026 with San Antonio. But uh, Trey Young was really excited about getting DeJounte Murray in, and this is a group that... Listen, they want to be improved. He'll improve them, certainly on both sides of the ball. But Atlanta, listen, they're not done dealing yet. They still have been engaged on John Collins. And, you know, I think fundamentally there's going to be some real, uh, there's going to be some more changes in Atlanta, but they're pretty excited about the idea of DeJounte Murray joining Mm -hmm. Trey Young. One other thing I can tell you, I don't understand this. James Harden had a $47.3 million option 
to stay with the 76ers. 47 million and he said no? He declined it. Figuring he could get more someplace else? I guess. Maybe he can. That's the only reason you would do it, I guess. But holy smokes. KBOI News Time, 648. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Glad you're with us on News Talk KBOI this morning. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper, who is on vacation along with Chris Walton. A big hiya. How mm-hmm. you doing there, Chris? Doing all right. Uh, this is not, I don't think I would call this cancel culture, but... There's a Vermont ski resort that's changing its name because uh, changing its name because for decades it's been called Suicide Six. Can I hold and you I, on that real quick? Well, yeah, I was going to say the, the president of the United States is okay. speaking right now. I uh, he has just delivered a speech to NATO, and I I was not going to go to the president, Chris, but he's being peppered with questions right now. And one of the questions they just asked him was about the abortion ruling. I want to hear what he has to say about it. So let's go live to ABC News right now. President Joe Biden speaking in Madrid at NATO this morning. After the U.S. Supreme Court ruling. But my second question is uh, G7 leaders this week pledged to support Ukraine, quote, for as long as it takes. And I'm wondering if you would explain what that means to the American people for as long as it takes. Does it mean indefinite support from the United States for Ukraine? Or will there come a time when you have to say to President Zelensky that the United States cannot support his country any longer? Thank you. We are going to support Ukraine as long as it takes. Look at the impact that the war on Ukraine has had on Russia. They've had to renege on their national debt for the first time since the beginning, almost well over 100 years. They've lost 15 years of the gains they made in terms of their economy. They're in a situation where they're having trouble because of my imposition of, of uh, 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 dealing with what can be exported to Russia in terms of technology. They can't even, you know, they're, having, they're going to have trouble maintaining oil production because they don't have the technology to do it. They need American technology. And they're also in a sim- similar situation in terms of their weapon systems and some of their military systems. So they're paying a very, very heavy price for this. And just today, uh, Snake Island is uh, now taken over by the, uh, by the Ukrainians. So we are going to stick with Ukraine, and all of the alliance are going to stick with Ukraine as long as it takes to, in fact, make sure that they are not defeated by, uh, by Ukraine. I mean, excuse me, in, in Ukraine by, uh, by, by Russia. And by the way, think of this. Ukraine has already dealt a severe blow to Russia. Russia, in fact, has already lost its international standing. Russia's in a position where the whole world's looking and saying, wait a minute, all this effort, you tried to take the whole country, you tried to take Kyiv, you lost. You've tried to take the Donbass and all of it. You haven't done that yet. The generic point is that we're supplying them with the capacity and the overwhelming courage they've demonstrated that, in fact, they can continue to resist the Russian aggression. And so I don't know what, how it's going to end, but it will not end with a Russian defeat of Ukraine in Ukraine. Um, Once again, you're listening to News Talk KBOI. President Joe Biden speaking at NATO this morning in Madrid. 
Uh, Mr. President, thank you. Um, this week, uh, you and the G7 allies introduced uh, a plan for an oil price cap uh, for Russian exports, which is not yet filled out and obviously is a response to the high price of gasoline in the United States and around the world. Um, are you confident that that cap would bring down prices for American drivers? And how long is it expect, uh, fair to expect American drivers to continue to pay a premium because of this war? Let me hear this. The second part of the question was, would it bring down the price? How, will it bring down prices? And, and the war has pushed prices up. They could go as high as $200 a barrel, some analysts think. How long is it fair to expect American drivers and drivers around the world to pay that premium for this war? As long as it takes. So Russia cannot, in fact, defeat Ukraine and move beyond Ukraine. This is a critical, critical position for the world. Here we are. Why do we have NATO? I told Putin that, in fact, if he were to move, we would move to strengthen NATO. We would move to strengthen us, strengthen NATO across the board. Look, let me explain the, the price. I suggested a while ago that what we should consider doing is putting a cap on the amount of money that we would pay for, the world would pay for Russian oil. And that we would not, there would, we would not provide, the West provides insurance, would not insure Russian ships carrying oil. We would not provide insurance for them, so they would have great difficulty getting customers. The point is that we've said to them, here's the deal. We're going to allow you to have a profit on what you make, but not the exorbitant prices that you're charging for the oil now. We've, that we've delegated a commission, our, a group of our, our, Sherpa, our national security people to sit down and work out that mechanism. We think it can be done. We think it can be done, and it would drive down the price of oil, and it would drive down the price of gasoline as well. In addition, in addition, at home, I have also called for changes. We've, I've released a million barrels of oil per day from our oil reserve, and in addition to getting other nations to move forward, a total of 240 million barrels of oil to release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, number one. Number two, I've asked Congress, would they in fact go and end the, temporarily end the tax on gasoline at the pump? And thirdly, to ask the states to do the same thing. If we do these things, it's estimated we could bring down tomorrow, if they, Congress agreed and the states agreed, we could bring down the price of oil about a dollar a gallon at the pump in that range. And so we could have immediate relief in, in, in terms of the reduction of the, of the, uh, uh, of the elimination of tem temporary elimination of the gas tax. And so I think there's a lot of things we can do and we will do, but the bottom line is, ultimately, the reason why gas prices are up is because of Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. The reason why the food crisis exists is because of Russia. Russia not allowing grain to get out of Ukraine. And so that's the, that's the way in which I think we should move, and I think it would have a positive impact on the price at the pump as well. Once again, what you're listening to is live news out of Madrid this morning. President Joe Biden speaking at NATO this morning. He delivered 
remarks, talked a lot about Russia, talked a lot about the war between Russia and Ukraine, and then something happened that we don't often see. The president holding a live news conference and taking questions from reporters. This in an international setting we don't often get a chance to see. He was asked first about abortion and the ruling was made by the Supreme Court and then he was hit by something on gas prices from a dude from the New York Times. So, yeah, we're getting our fill of live news this morning here, Walton. Yeah, we are. Uh, I, I like what he said there. That uh, the, the, the uh, well, I like the question actually. They said, "How long are we going to have to pay all over the world, uh, you know, higher gas prices for this thing?" And, and all Biden said was, "Well, as long as it takes, because basically we need Russia to get out of Ukraine." Well, we will uh, continue to keep an eye on what's happening in Madrid right now, but. Currently, it's time for sports. We'll keep our schedule and fill you in on the news as we go here. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Again, you can always trust a fat and delicious sandwich at Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. They also do catering at Fat Guys Fresh Deli, by the way. If you got something going on for the 4th of July, maybe you got a family gathering coming up, talk to them at Fat Guys about how you can get a bunch of sandwiches in your house. 208-855-0424. They Open up at 10.30 this morning. You can call the location in Boise, if you'd rather, 208-908-6930. Let's look at Major League Baseball. It was the Angels and the White Sox playing yesterday. 0-1. And Hupo swings and drives the ball deep into center field. This ball's carrying, and it's gone! Out of here, a home run! Luis Ranjifo. Home run number four of the season, and the Angels have a 4 nothing lead. And they would go on to beat the White Sox by a score of 4-1 to yesterday. Cubbies taking on the Reds. Here's the pitch. Hit in the air. Deep left field. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Christopher Morrell with a booming home run. And the Cubs now lead 7-1. to They would go on to beat the Reds by a score of 8-3. to and then those dang Yankees. My gosh, they are the best team in baseball you're, right now. You're paraphrasing, I know. <sighs> yes. They playing the A's in a matinee yesterday because it was getaway day. The A's trying their best to get the heck out of New York before they get smoked some more. <laughs> and the lefty at the belt deals. Swung on. There goes the left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Whoa, what a shot. Over the grandstand. Way back in the bleachers a judging blast well obviously it's judgment day <laughs> he hits a two-run home run to deep love all rise here comes the judge he still leads the majors in uh, just about every offensive statistical category he's, he's pretty good as he's it turns five out five or six head of everybody else in home runs I yeah think. Call on WFAN Radio's Aaron Judge hits that two-run bomb to left, and the Yankees cut into the A's lead, which was three to two at the time in the first inning. And then this happened: pitches hit the deep right. That ball is high. Hit as far. That is gone. Giancarlo he drills a three-run blast in the right center field seats. And- ah, that's enough. He didn't call it Stantonian. That he time. did later on. Oh, okay. And he also did the, the the other thing that I just can't hear of anymore. Uh, New York beat the A's by a score of 5-3. They're still the best team in baseball. KBY News Time is 718. 
Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Good morning, folks. It is 724. Time for us to get a quick look at the market. Real quick, I just want to tell you that uh, President Joe Biden is done speaking uh, at the uh, at NATO today. There was quite a bit that he had to say. We'll unpack some of that as we get through the rest of the hour. Ken Owings, though, is uh, filling in for Jeremiah Bates today. Good morning. How are you doing, Kent? Good morning. Doing well. Uh, the market is not looking good on the futures down over 300 points as, uh, as I look at it. What are you seeing today? Yeah, I'm seeing all three major indexes are down over 1%. NASDAQ's up down 1.3%. And it's finishing up the last day in the month and the last day in the quarter, which this looks to be the worst quarter since 1970. And so what's really going on is the market's starting to really price in a recession, even though we haven't officially hit a recession yet. We won't know that for another about three and a half months because we we're getting some economic data for, for this quarter, but we need two consecutive quarters of, of down economic data to hit an official recession where even the jobless claims, though, are still edging lower. So that's a good thing. That's less people applying for um, for those subsidies in the in the jobs. But Consumer spending is down, and consumer spending is a leading indicator for corporate profits. Corporate profits is a leading indicator for the jobs market. And so when profits go down, layoffs start happening, and that's when the recession oh, becomes official. We don't need but, the big R word, but I get it. But that's um, I really don't think this is a, a really a long term. Where I mean, this the, the consumer spending was the goal. That was the goal of rising interest rates is to slow down spending. And now there's a couple companies, General Mills, uh, FedEx, they've both announced that supply chain is getting better. And so that's what we need. We need supply chain to get back on board. China's economy is opening back up. So that supply will start to increase. I, I would expect that to hurt our gas prices even more, though, when China opens up their economy there their gas consumption will go up as well. But opening up that supply chain will really help out what the feds are trying to do with lowering demand. And so that that's the good signs. So if we hit a recession, I don't think it's going to be like a 2008. Um, I think it will be a little bit quicker, but I, I do think that's where we're heading and that's what the market's doing is, is pricing that in right now. We uh, do have a headline this morning, the S&P. Uh, not just the quarter, but on track apparently to finish its worst first half in 52 years. Yep. So also 1970. Yep. Good times. Can't, <laughs> Good I mean, times, I, great oldies. I, I really want it. I just, it's that R word that everybody hears recession, and I think people start freaking out. So I hope that's not the case. I mean, we've kind of laid it all out for folks. We'll hear from you again here in an hour, and uh, we'll see how things turn around the market today. All right. Thanks a lot. Open so. Kent, thanks for your time. KBY News Time is 727. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 7.35 now on News Talk KBOI. Travel is going to be up today. People starting to leave for their 4th of July holiday plans. 
Uh, and of course, most of you will have Monday off. Not everyone, sadly. Oh, my son is excited because he does have to work all weekend, but he does get Monday off. Oh, well, so, you know. But those of you that the, have the, 4th the little, of July plans. That, little joys are nice. Yeah. For right. <laughs> for real. Um, but for, you know, the most part, people will be off on the 4th of July, and people are starting to leave on their holidays today. You could expect to see a little bit more traffic, especially if you're going to some big cities. You know, if you make your way to Salt Lake, you make your way to Seattle, you make your way to San Francisco, those big cities, you're going to see a lot more people on the road. If you're driving that direction or driving all that way, sorry about what you're going to have to pay for gas. Doesn't look like that's going to get better anytime soon, as we were just hearing the president speak in NATO. However, if you are driving, your flight will not be canceled. Yep. Yep. There's that for you. Uh, sports on the way here for you in just a little bit. Um, there was only one path forward for her fellow conservatives. Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney said in a speech last night, either to follow the Constitution or former President Donald Trump, whose conduct around last year's pro-Trump insurrection is the focus of the Congressional Committee. Cheney had quite a bit to say uh, during this <laughs> particular interview that she gave yesterday we want to touch on that a little bit today and of course we'll always take your calls and comments you can call 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless 1-800-529-kboi i got some really wonderful negative messages addressed to me yesterday uh after we talked about the january 6th hearing (laughs) i'd love to share with you did you what a surprise oh yeah I barely got any that were addressed to you. Well, I, I, my cat okay, okay, apparently actually, was looking at his email today I, and decided to send them to me. So oh. that, that's fine. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Anyway, we'll take a short break. KBY News Time is seven thirty-seven. Today from ten to one, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Seven forty-three on News Talk KBOI. Started to mention this about a half hour ago when we had to uh, go to the president and I his remarks. That was my bad. Well, that's all right. Officials at a Vermont ski resort in uh, South Pomfret, Vermont, have announced that they, uh, on their own, will be rebranding later this summer following concerns just among the staff, pretty much, about the insensitive nature of the mountain's historical name. The resort will change its name, which was Suicide Six. And they haven't yet said what the new name is going to be, but they said the upcoming change embraces the increasing awareness surrounding mental health and shares the growing concerns about the insensitive nature of the historical name. It was uh, opened and named in 1936. Uh, Locals just don't refer to it as Suicide Six. They call it S6. Hmm. And uh, its first rope toe uh, was installed by one of the ski instructors on Hill Number 6, and so they uh, decided that was a tough course and decided to call the whole place Suicide Six. Okay. And then after 86 years, they thought, hey, let's call it something else. Knowledge <laughs> that there were going to be people armed that day. The president himself. That's my computer that sounded <laughs> off. Sorry, guys. I don't mean to make that happen. Here, I could turn my computer off but, so it doesn't do that at all. You know, again, I don't know if somebody thinks this is uh, part of the cancel culture. I mean, it's it's the same sort of thing, obviously where you have a traditional name and suddenly it's not good enough. 
but this was uh, not anybody forcing them to do it. They just decided on their own, the owners of the ski resort. Gotcha. It is 7.45, and it is time for sports. Sports brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and in Boise. Make your lunch plans now to stop by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. If you want one of the best sandwiches you've ever had, if you want some of the best soup you've ever tried, you can see them at one of their two locations in Boise or in Meridian. You can call in your order ahead of time. They are open at 10.30 this morning. So call it in ahead of time, and you just stop by and pick it up, and boom, you're on your way to wherever it is you're going. Nice. 208-855-0424 in Meridian, or 208-908-6930, the number for their new location in Boise. Uh, Boise State football has announced they have agreed to a home-and-home football series with the Tigers. Of course, there's about 800 different Tigers out there. Which one am I talking about? This would be the one in Memphis. The Memphis Tigers series will begin at Memphis next season in 2023. Tigers will come back and visit the Broncos at Albertson Stadium in 2026. That was the big highlight of the release that the Boise State football team sent out yesterday. The Broncos are now scheduled to host a current or future Autonomous Five conference opponent each season through 2025 now. Boise State announcing some other moves as well in their football schedules for the future. Uh, There's a home-and-home series, you remember, they put together with Rice. Mm -hmm. That was supposed to start much sooner. They pushed that back for the first one in 2032. The Broncos will travel to Houston in 2032. Yeah, I know they do make schedules way out ahead of time. Well, they do 10 years is about the the going rate. It's kind of necessary because... So many teams, uh, you know, are are wanted and they fill up fast. Yeah, but uh, it, it's just weird to be talking about the twenty thirty. I totally agree, but I've asked questions about this before, and the athletic directors who I I have spoken with are like, "Look, if you don't look at least ten to fifteen years ahead, you're never going to get the games you want. You're never going to fill your schedule, and you'll just have nothing. You'll have garbage. You have to look ahead, and that's what they're doing here. So they'll play at Rice in 2032. The Owls will come to Boise in 2035. One other thing, Boise State announcing they will host Eastern Washington in 2025. A couple seasons up the road still, but that's a good schedule game. Regional opponent that hasn't been too bad. Not, you know, not a comp, not a power five. True. You know, it's not like they're playing the Oregon Ducks here, but Eastern Washington's a good club. Guys that you could bring in and uh, probably draw some from as well. KBOI News Time is 748. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.53 now on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper, who will be back next week. So I know there are several of you ready to give me the boot already, and that's cool. Because <laughs> I'm ready to go back to the newsroom. But uh, uh, Mike will be back on Tuesday after the 4th of July holiday. I want to tell you guys, the stock market is not looking good this morning. Down... 550 points right now and falling. 
It's nearly down a full 2% already in the first half hour of today's session. So probably not what you wanted to hear. Uh, We'll continue to keep an eye on that, and uh, we'll get an idea of what's happening with the market uh, at 8.30 this morning. Uh, You know those cruise ships that, hmm. that just stay in the sea all the time? You can live on them. Cruise ships? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you pretty much are there year round and th- th- they're usually out at sea, but they stop at ports of call and you can, you know, get off and get back on whatever you sure. want. Uh, how would you like it if we did something like that in space? There is a nuclear powered flying hotel coming that promises to keep your head permanently in the clouds. The high flying sky cruise concept adds a, gi- a gigantic airplane skin to a cruise ship that is able to be constantly airborne. Developers envision 5,000 guests arriving by passenger planes that dock with it. This is some futuristic type stuff. With a small nuclear reaction powering the uh, engines, the Sky Cruise would be able to stay in flight for several years at a time. If um, they want, somebody wants to check out a nearby destination, guests simply hop onto a flight and travel back to Earth. Huh. So anyway. I mean, how do I feel about it? Um, I think that's... You know, when do they say that's going to come? They're going to see that when? In the near future? Well, in the future. They haven't said when yet, but it's, it's in see. the planning. A nuclear-powered hotel hotel that, in the, in uh, space. that is in space. Right. And you can stay on it. Would I want to stay there? I think the solid answer is hard pass. <laughs> Like a traditional sea-based cruise. I'm saying hard pass. Guests can enjoy luxuries, including a 360-degree panoramic platform, an entertainment deck, shopping malls, gyms, swimming pools, restaurants, and bars, and theaters and cinemas. How do you feel about a damn near impossible question? We've got one of those we'll share with you when we come back. KBOI News Time is 7.56. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. I do believe we have another $50 gift certificate to give away from R&R Barbecue today, my we man. We absolutely do. The number you want to uh, get ready to call, not just yet, but you'll be calling in about 30 minutes, is 208-336-3700 for our uh, damn near impossible question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. It's a very short question today. Uh, the first, the very first, of a new and now iconic car model left the factory 69 years ago today for the very first time. What car was that? Okay, there you go. We will bring that question to you here in the 8 o'clock hour. And again, $50 gift certificate up for grabs today, if you can grab it. Um, one thing that we had mentioned in news, we talked about the Highway 55 issue yesterday. We mm-hmm. brought in the reporter from Boise Deb who told us all about that. The rock slides and whatnot. Yeah. Well, the governor is not very happy about what he heard or what he read and uh, is now telling the Department of Transportation... Time to time to fill out a little report and put it to my <laughs> desk by the end of business today. We'll tell you a little bit about that coming up here in the 8 o'clock hour and give you a chance to respond to that as well. News on the way for you first. Stock market way down. We'll hear about it. KBY News Time is 8 o'clock.
Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Glad you're with us on News Talk KBOI. Mike Casper is out until next week. I'm Rick Worthington filling in along with Chris Walton here. And we'll take your calls today at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, or 1-800-529-KBOI. Uh, we're going to talk about the January 6th commission here a little bit later on and kind of give you an idea where that story is trending today, thanks to Liz Cheney, who basically is saying this morning on Good Morning America that she stands behind... White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson and is absolutely sure that her testimony is not only credible, but uh, right on the money. So more on that uh, here in in just a little bit. Yeah, she was uh, giving a speech uh, last night at a, in actually California, she had gone all the Mm -hmm. way to California last night, giving a speech at a Republican get-together, and uh, she was talking about, not saying complimentary things about Donald Trump, but she was getting huge applause from the people in attendance. So probably none of them, you know, 100% Trumpers. Right. Governor Brad Little is demanding answers from the Idaho Transportation Department after Boise Deb published the results of that six-month-long investigation earlier this week. Yeah, we had uh, the author of that story from Boise Deb on yesterday morning. And she kind of laid it all out for us as much as she could in the short amount of time that we had there. I think we probably could have talked to her another 20 minutes before we got all the details. Nevertheless, the investigation centered around ITD's construction zone on Highway 55 near Smith's Ferry and the three major landslides that have occurred there. The story uncovered significant information, a lot of it new information as well, about that project, including warning signs, of slope instability that were ignored, the project being millions of dollars over budget, almost twice the budget now, I guess. And there were some other findings as well. So Governor Brad Little's office, uh, well, Boise Dev asked the governor for comment, Mm -hmm. and the uh, press secretary gave them a letter that the governor had sent to the chair of ITD, uh, and its director, uh, in which, well, I, I think it's pretty significant. He, he said, I'm questions. not very happy. <laughs> I was going to say, he asked questions and expected answers? Uh, I'll give you a little bit of it. At the very top of the letter, says, public safety is my top priority, and notes how important it is to the state to keep people safe on Idaho's roadways, especially areas under construction. Governor Lettle said his office was not aware of the magnitude of the safety concerns. Quote, my office had no knowledge of the magnitude of the alleged safety concerns outlined in the article, nor did my office know about the Boise Dev public records requests and inquiries into these important issues, which date back to January of this year. That according to the letter that the governor sent on to ITD. He's requesting ITD provide a report to his office No later than 5 p.m. today, the report has to contain a couple of things. An assessment of the project's current risks to public safety, 
a review of the Boise Dev article in response to the details within that story and a summary of all media inquiries the department received since the start of the year about that project, along with the department's responses to it. Those I can't wait to see. Well, I don't know how many actually received any uh, response back from IDT. Well, what were they supposed to say? Well, I don't, hey, we'll I get don't to know. it eventually. Leave I us alone. I don't know the answer to that. I just know that when you don't have a response, yeah. oftentimes you get nothing. Silence. Crickets. Nothing's coming to back be, this way. To be, to be fair, it probably seemed a, a little bit a little bit less urgent until the actual landslide occurred. I think it's very clear that the governor was not very happy of this six-month-long investigation all coming out through Boise Dev. And, I mean, it always rolls downhill, if you know what I'm saying. And when it starts (laughs) at the very top at the governor's office, there are going to be some people that get it on them. Mm -hmm. So I would expect... Tomorrow, we'll know whether or not the governor is happy with the response he has received from IT. Because there's almost a, you know what, well, almost a 20% chance he'll be happy with it. <laughs> well, again, he has asked ITD for a significant report on all of this, and he is expecting it on his desk by 5 o'clock today, to which he'll have an opportunity to read it, maybe get to it tomorrow. I'm hoping before the 4th of July weekend that we know whether or not the governor is satisfied with what he has seen from ITD. It'll be my guess that he will not be. Yeah. That's, that's just a guess based on what I saw from Boise Dev and the report that they put out on Tuesday. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We didn't, I mean, what can they say? We didn't know the rocks were going to fall. I mean, they looked like they were going to, but we didn't think they would right away. Sure. It's, the, just, it's, it's hard to know what to do when there's basically one road that goes, you know, where people need to go. Right. And I think therein lies the problem. I mean, how much pressure did ITD receive from everyone to keep that road open, knowing how vital it is for folks that want to travel from here all the way to McCall or other places? You know, mm-hmm. that's the best way to get there. McCall that's and places beyond. Yeah. And McCall... That's where folks that have money, that's where they go to hang out on the weekend. If that road's not open, they're not getting to their vacation home, or certainly not as easily. Yeah. So I imagine there was a lot of pressure. I mean, come on. People who have a lot of money never complain, do they? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. Oh. Almost as much of people that don't have any money. (laughs) They just complain about different (laughs) things. And the rest of us who are just kind of stuck in the middle, well, we complain too. We just find other things to complain about. All I'm saying is this is a no-win situation for ITD. Mm-hmm. Seems like one. When the public is upset at ITD, they can shrug a little bit. You know, you're going to get a little bit of pressure from folks that, you know. Governor, on the other hand? When the governor's upset, people could start losing their job. And that's when, you know, eyes start opening. It's like, oh, damn. I guess we better do something about this. <laughs> Not a bad idea. KBOI News Time is 8.15.
Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's 821 now at News Talk KBOI. Along with Chris Walton, I'm Rick Worthington, and we're looking for the answer to today's damn near impossible question. For a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue, and brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Recent winner of the Circle of Excellent Award. They are ranked as the number 44 best Berkshire brokerage in the world, which includes three continents and 12 different countries. The question, the very first of a new and now iconic car model, left the factory 69 years ago today. Happened in Flint, Michigan, by the way. What car was it? All right. There you go. Their water was better then. Let's go to the phones and see if we can get somebody a gift certificate here. Guy is on the line. Thanks for calling us today. How are you? Very fine. Thank you. Guy, are you a big car aficionado that you would have an answer to like this, like this right off the top of your head? Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> well, I do love me some honesty. It doesn't have to be off the top of your head. It, it just As long as it comes out of your mouth, we'll be fine. Guy, what's the car we're looking for today? The Hudson. It's called the Hornet. Uh, wasn't the Hudson Hornet? Was not the Hudson no. Hornet. Okay, but okay. That was a good guess. Sorry, good I do guess. remember the Hudson my, Hornet. My grandparents owned a Hudson dealership. There was a there was a movie about the Hudson Hornet. Wasn't there? There was Cars. Yeah. Start Paul Newman. Tammy, you're on the line. Thanks for calling us today, Tammy. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Tammy, you're up. What is the car we're looking for? I, I'm going to guess it's the Jeep Wagoneer. The Jeep Wagoneer. Also a good guess, but not the correct one. Not sorry about that. the one. Tammy, sorry about that. Thank you very much for calling, though. And Jared is up next. Jared, we got all the way to the third caller. This is your chance, my man. Sweet. I was sweating that. It's the Chevy Corvette. It is the Chevy Corvette. It's the Corvette. You are a winner. 69 years old. That seems strange, but you know what? Next year, I'll bet there's a 70th anniversary edition of the Chevy Corvette that comes out. Very possibly. Jared, congratulations. $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. You the man. Good job today. Cool. Hang on the line. We'll get some information from you, and we'll get you that gift certificate. The rest of you guys. I got to tell you, though, Chris, Chevy Corvette is a really, really gorgeous car right now. Mm-hmm. There have been some years I've looked at the Corvette and been like, eh, it's so much. That uh, first year, there were a total of 300 made in 1953. Every one of them was white with a red interior. I didn't know that. And uh, every one of them was a convertible as well. Well, I'm not surprised to hear that. Um, Yeah, Corvette has been, you're right about that, iconic. If there was ever an iconic vehicle out there, I was talking one of them. I was talking to Nathaniel, and I said, should I have given the uh, the clue uh, Route 66? And he said, well, yeah, what does that have to do with, with Corvettes? And I said, well, you know, the TV show. And he said, there was a TV show called Route 66. So I'm feeling a little old. Yeah. Yeah, you got me on that one too, Chris. Martin Milner, who later was on Adam 12. I'm uh, I'm still saying you're not helping your cause right there. <laughs> get your kicks on, on Route 66. That's Six. right. Now, if you'd have said cars, but a Lightning McQueen was not a, a Corvette. A Corvette, no. He, he, was, he, was, he was just a red car. He was a Hudson Hornet. <laughs> Short break. We'll be right back. KBOI News Time is 824. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. And it's 838 on News Talk KBOI. 
Uh, the market is not doing well. It's a big sell-off well, it's, today. It's very pretty, though, if you like the color red. Yeah. S&P is down a percent and a half. The Dow is down 419 points. That's a 1.3% down today. Uh, we'll get more on that here coming up as the day goes on, but the market's open and it's not looking like a good day on uh, Wall Street right now. Uh, we told you that we would take your phone calls, 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-KBOI, or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Matt has been hanging on the line, waiting patiently. Matt, thanks for calling us from Middleton today. How are you? Good. Um, just wanted to let you guys know on how the process works of uh, the highway situation. Yes, sir. So when, when you when you go into this project, they say, hey, we would like to widen this road. It needs to be done. It's getting pretty dangerous. Yeah. Okay, let's plan for it, but we need a price. Okay, so the, what the first thing ITD does is they're going to go and hire a civil engineer to go and locate all of the high points of the mountain that needs to be blasted out. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get a geologist out of there. A geologist is going to say, okay, we can remove this X amount of rock, at, and this should be structurally safe. However, they can't account for anything that they can't see underneath, which sure. happened three times. <laughs> yeah. So they've had three three major landslides up there, all from the excavation process. Now, one of the things that the civil engineers do in that situation is say, okay, we need to, we need to cut out this X amount more to be in compliance and safe, and that grows the cost exponentially. Sure, sure it does. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It, if you're a governor and you just sit on your hands and, you know, cater to your lobbyists and your Facebook friends and stuff like that, you're obviously not going to know what's going on. I'm surprised that he doesn't know what's going on because he actually has property up there that he, that mm-hmm. he owns and leases for his cattle he and did, his sheep. He did seem quite perturbed that he didn't know what was going on. Well, in the same sense, a vehicle does go one way. You can't drive up there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you've got some buddies up there. Um, oh, anyway, I'm sure. And, and again, Matt, this is a no-win situation for ITD. I mean, even if they had followed all their procedures, and I'm not saying they did or didn't, I don't know enough about it, just to be very honest. I mean, what does ITD do to go through a project like this? I haven't got the first idea. All I know is when when budgets grow too high and you see a story like this come out, through Boise Dev, by the way, did a really good job in a six-month investigation on this story. It seems like, yeah, the governor was caught off guard by it. And if I am the governor of Idaho, I don't want to be caught off guard by a story like that. So well, to give that's you, how things roll. To give you a fair, to yeah. give you a fair example, um, there was a widening project over there by Legrand, Oregon. Yeah, where they actually cut out both sides of the mountain and and widen or actually pretty much straighten the curve in the the Lad Canyon area. That was done by uh, Knife River. They did a fantastic job and they left out nothing that to uh, to be, become a uh, a cause or coincidence later. They stepped the mountain back several feet all the way up to the very top uh, as highest part. I think it's like 150 feet vertical shear wall. It's it's but it's steps, so any sloughing or anything like that will be caught by those steps, wow. preventing a a slide, which 
they should have done in the first place. Um, they did this whole entire project up there in about nine months, completed. Besides the bridge construction, which took a little bit longer, I think the bridge took about two years to get that fully built across there. But all that excavation work, they did in roughly nine months, and they did a fantastic job. I think they should take the lesson from that and say, hey, what did you guys do differently, and how can we apply it to this this uh, mountainside? Mm-hmm. Not a bad idea. Yeah, no, not terrible at not all. Not bad at all. Matt, I appreciate the call today. Thank you very much. Got an instant message from uh, Kevin. He says, first of all, I'm definitely not a Biden fan at all, but it was laughable yesterday hearing DT cult members, I guess that's Donald Trump, grasping at straws by using the Secret Service agent's possible testimony as the aha moment that Hutchinson's whole story was a lie. So the agents are telling the truth, but every other single Republican who testified against Trump, including the ones who worked for him directly, are all lying. Yeah, that makes total sense. People who support Trump, one, always vote GOP and will never vote Democrat. Two, those who wanted a businessman, uh, six bankruptcies in all, or a non-politician. Three, anyone but Hillary. Four, those who liked his policies, valid argument. Five, those who loved how disrespectfully he treated people and overlooked his nonstop lies because that's how they themselves treat people and they think that's okay because they are only telling the truth, their truth, or telling it like it is. Six, those who are well-educated but wanted to see our country go in a different direction, valid argument. And seven, those who are dumb as a box of rocks and were (laughs) conned by the greatest con man our country has ever seen and are still being conned by him because they can't admit they were fooled. Holding strong opinions in the face of weak evidence is a sign of lack of critical thinking. Conviction should follow the facts, not precede them. What you want to believe shouldn't dictate what you do believe. I have an instant message from Dallas. This was, by the way, sent to uh, Chris and uh, Casper and Chris at KBOI.com. I am disgusted that what is now being heralded and spewed as credible news is blatantly hearsay from an absolute left-biased unlawful show and as far as the secret service having rebuttal we'll never hear any of it because it will denounce their false claims so yeah i absolutely believe that all of this hearsay happened and these people have sat on this bombshell story for over a year and a half when this is how it's written a year and a half when ever since trump announced he was running for president the left has done nothing but dig as deep as they could, and including making blank up about him to throw dirt and mud all over him. These hearings are pure blank, and anyone can see it. It's from Dallas. Thanks, Dallas. It's a long way away to write. You know, sometimes I think people are, you know, talking to their iPhone and letting their iPhone write it out, and they don't check and see the, the spelling or... I know I do that sometimes when I text back and forth to people. Sorry, I was just reading it as it came to me. Let's see, I'm checking Sent you here. a message regarding how angry one of you is, probably talking about me the other day. <laughs> Whoever you are, <laughs> this you is are? regarding your responses. Just listening to Bongino, he's exposed Miss Hutchinson as a liar and as proof. So you might want to take a listen. 
But of course, you'll only hear what you want to hear, yeah. as you accused a caller of today. I think I think you were referring to me. I don't know who that came. Oh, Shar. Shar is the one that sent that. Thanks for uh, thanks for sending that along. Sent to Mike Casper. Nevertheless, he knows, and that's why he sent it along to me. Well, they got to be talking about Rick because yeah. he's the only because Rick was he's the only one I mean, who gets upset around there. Mike wasn't here yesterday. <laughs> uh, let's see. Robin wrote, uh, "Hi, Chris and Rick. The story on Boise Dev was just fascinating." My husband and I drive 55 pretty much every weekend is we have a place in Cascade. I hold my breath every time we drive that stretch. I have no knowledge of engineering, but I can even see the possibility of pending catastrophes. I hope that through this excellent piece of journalism by Boise Dev, things will change for the better through that stretch of highway. Take care. Happy 4th. You too, Robin. Thank you very much. Yeah, folks, uh, I, I believe in local journalism, but as a journalist, of course, I'm a little biased. I'm just saying that you need people to write pieces like this. Because when stuff like this comes out and it goes all the way to the governor's office and then he sends out a letter like he did to IDT yesterday, you can see that, you know, sometimes there's not as much communication as probably needs to happen in government. <laughs> I mean, I'm... A little tongue-in-cheek on this because I think we've seen this, you know, time after time. But if you did not hear the governor's letter to ITD about Highway 55 following the story that came out in Boise Dev, we'll fill you in on that. We'll also take your calls, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, or you can call us at 1-800-529-KBOI. Paul, I see on the line. We'll get to you after this. KBOI News Time is 848. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Thanks for hanging with us today on News Talk KBOI. Got some good news for you. Most of you are going to have a three-day weekend. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Monday is the 4th of July. And the 4th of July is not going to be smoking hot. It's going to be in the mid-80s. There have been years where I've, you know, sunburned heavily. I predict, uh, like most years, it'll be really loud until about 2 a.m. Yeah, I think there's a good possibility that we'll be I don't know rolling why. in here on Tuesday morning going, oh, I don't know why I don't it want is. to be awake right now. But for 20 years, there has been somebody in our neighborhood that absolutely loves the 4th of July so much that mm-hmm. they carry it over into the 5th. I've seen that. And, and they just, they blow things up for hours. Paul is in Napa. Thanks for calling us today. Paul, how are you today? I'm good. It's lovely weather out today. Isn't it nice? Isn't it nice? I stepped out a little while ago and took some of that in. Yeah. Can't wait to get out a little bit today. What do you want to talk about today, Paul? Well, I was going to bring up our our president. You know, we're we're not that far away from having a full-on recession that they said that we don't have or we do have. And my my concern is, you know, the continued digression of our economy, and you can look at any any corner of it, and it's going in a downward trend. Now, I don't need to tell you that what comes after a recession is a depression, and it's not that much of a stretch to get there. And this economy is is like a finely tuned instrument. You got to keep propping it up and keeping it going this direction and that direction, so it doesn't go the wrong direction. 
Paul, let me ask you a quick question, because I know we're talking about economy matters. What is wrong with the economy and what pulls us out of it? I mean, is there one thing that you can point to? It says, well, this is the problem. This is why we're this is why things are sagging right now. I, I can. And I think I think it's our energy. We have no energy to back us up and what we need. We have we have nothing to go by. We have no petrol. We have no oil. We have no liquid gas. They've, they've closed our our uh, nuclear facilities to be able to create more energy. They, they seem to think that it grows on green trees, and they're just they're living in a fantasy world. I really believe they are. Well, I think energy you know, is free, is problematic for sure. But look, the nobody says deal. they're out of gas. I mean, it's not like you roll up to the gas station and you wonder whether or not they're going to have gas or not. I mean, we've seen that, you know, during the, well, I guess it was Jimmy Carter's administration when it's like there wasn't any gas to be had. I had to sit in line. I had to have the right license plate number to be able to get gas. It was was actually more when Ford was the uh, president that we were having uh, what they called the energy crisis. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Chris. And then after the energy crisis was over, people were like, did we really have an energy crisis and why don't we still have it? Right. I'm saying there's there isn't any there isn't any problem with finding gasoline right now. It's not like Idaho has rolling blackouts like we saw in California once upon a time. There's there is energy. It's expensive, but there is energy out there. Once upon a time was not that long ago in California. That's right. Don, I was, I was around when Gray Davis was was there and <laughs> yeah. Don, D eight. Oh, we got to go. Yeah, it's yeah, about do. break time. Ten seconds still. News here at the top of the hour, yeah, so we'll stand by. Later. And we'll take your calls at 208-336-3700 as well. So stand by. We'll get those calls in. KBOI News Time. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Thanks for hanging out with us today on News Talk KBOI, final hour of the program today, and we have a phone line open for you right now at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, or you can dial us at 1-800-529-KBOI. That's 1-800-529-5264. Uh, and, you know, it's your choice of what we're discussing today. We can continue to talk about the governor, Brad Little, who is demanding ITD produce a report following the Boise Dev investigation on Idaho 55 that we told you about yesterday. Um, the governor basically saying, excuse me, uh, ITD. He sent uh, a letter to the chair of the ITD board, Bill Mode, as well as the department director, Scott Stokes, basically saying you've got until five o'clock today to put a report on my desk that mm-hmm. outlines A, B, and C, and I want it now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the wording of that letter sent to ITD makes me believe that the governor is not very happy. I can't say whether he is or not, just based on the uh, the letter itself. Generally, if you're, if you're happy, you don't demand something by 5 o'clock today. Well, if you're happy and you know it. Uh, you got it, Nathaniel. Thank you. Um, we could also talk about what else is going on news in news today in regards to what we've seen from the President of the United States today or from the U.S. Supreme Court. Supreme Court 
some some new stuff from the Supreme Court today allows President Joe Biden to end the president's remain in Mexico policy for asylum seekers. That just came down today. Chief Justice Roberts and Justice Kavanaugh joining liberals in that 5-4 decision today. Hmm. Kavanaugh, huh? That's correct. This just basically came out within the last half hour. The Supreme Court today said that the Biden administration can end a Trump-era immigration policy known as Remain in Mexico, which has forced thousands of asylum seekers to wait south of the border while their claims were adjudicated. The court ruled 5-4 with Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Brent Kavanaugh joining the three liberal justices in that majority decision. Officially termed the Migrant Protection Protocol, or MPP as it's been known, the policy was created in 2019 to send unauthorized immigrants, including asylum seekers, back to Mexico while their cases are processed in immigration court. Trump administration officials intended the policy to serve as a deterrent against flows of migrants along the southwest border. Human rights observers and immigration advocacy organizations said that the policy um, put vulnerable people at risk of higher documented rates of kidnapping, extortion, violence in areas they were forced to wait. President Biden attempted to formally end the MPP last year, but was sued by Republican-led states Texas and Missouri, which alleged the Immigration and Naturalization Act required the administration to continue that program. And a federal court ordered the policy to continue as legal challenges played out. Well, the last challenge played out today, and the Supreme Court ruled 5-4 in a bit of a surprise with two conservative judges going along with the liberal justices in the majority on this particular case. All right. Well, that is a bit of a surprise. I'm not going to lie to you. Instant message here from, uh, could be Frank or it could be Frankie, Frank? but it's, it's F-R-A-N-C-K-E. So I'm probably going to go with Frank. Frankie? Are any of you guys fed up with everyone and their dog asking for donations? Every single time I'm at a cash register, at a store, restaurant, wherever, I'm asked if I would like to round up. It's endless give here, give there, round up. Uh, I'm not really fed up with it. I mean, I don't, I don't always round up. In fact, I don't very often round up. I just say no. So uh, I guess I haven't really gotten fed up with it. But if I really thought about it, yeah, I might be annoyed. I am not offended when someone asks me if I want to donate. I am not angered when somebody asks if I want to donate. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why. And this is, this is true. I've been on the receiving end of donations before. So I tend to round up on occasion. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Um, it, it usually depends on, you know, what they're asking for. Somebody was asking about St. Jude's the other day and yes, I rounded up. And then somebody was asking me about, you know, something else. It was a obscure thing that I didn't know much about. And I said, no, I don't want to round up on that. Mm -hmm. But having been a person who has been on the receiving end of others, generosity, uh, yeah, I, 
I try to do that when I can. Yeah. But I understand where the frustration comes from because, yeah, if you walk in six stores, probably five of them are going to ask you if you want to contribute or round up or donate or, yeah, so I get it. Dwayne says, remember the fiasco with the ITD director or some leadership position a few years back? Yeah, way back then. ITD was headless and leaderless. Again, it's who you know and who you sleep with that gets you up the ladder. Wow. Not pointing fingers, but I'm pointing fingers. Sleep with. That's Dwayne. Dwayne, have you had a bad experience? He both is and is not pointing fingers. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Daniel writes in and says, Hello, Chris, could you please help me get this straight? I'm not supposed to believe that woman at the January 6th hearings because she has no proof, but I'm supposed to believe the election was stolen without seeing any proof. Thanks, Daniel. Depends on who you're talking to, I suppose. Well, listen, I mean, if you are looking at news sources that only publish conservative viewpoints, you're going to see some things that might make you believe that Something happened that during the election that uh, you don't agree with. However, if you look at completely liberal news sites, you'll think not only was there never any issues at all with the election, you'll you know see all kinds of nasty things about the president as well. Right. Which is why I try and steer away from those. Both sides. And you... I don't, it's not I, easy. I don't. I just watch them both. It's, it's not easy. Kind of fun, really. You got to put your antenna way, way up in order to. You're, I, I it's think a that's lot the like, hardest time I have. It's a lot like if you're at a formal debate and you're watching the two sides, you know, debate, and rather than give you uh, synopsis, uh, synopses of their research, uh, they're just going, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, mm. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. It's one of the hardest things about. The job that I do day in and day out is trying to sniff out who's telling the truth and who's not telling the truth about something because both sides have, you know, not always been honest. Reminds me a lot of, uh, which is a nice way of saying some people are liars and you know, you can't always figure out who it is. Life reminds me of life. That's it. So I can appreciate that. Uh, we'll tell you more about what's going on, uh, with those stories involving the Supreme court and the, uh, January 6th hearings, but I want to get back to this for just a moment about Idaho's Governor Brad Little demanding answers from the Idaho Transportation Department after Boise Deb published that six-month-long investigation. He, You could read the story. It's at Boise Deb right now, if you like, but the investigation centered around ITD's construction zone on Highway 55 near Smith's Ferry, and anybody who's driven out that way knows we've all seen evidence of landslides that have occurred there. Uh, the story uncovered some information about the project, including there being some warning signs of slope instability that they say were ignored. The project is millions over budget, and there were some other findings as well. And the governor read the story, didn't know as much about it as he probably thought he should, and fired off a letter to IT and said, you've got until 5 o'clock today to put a letter on my desk, a report that details these things. And I want to know about it right now. So, yeah, there's something to that. Again, phone line open for you at 208-336-3700. And Gary is on the line with us this morning from Napa. Hi, Gary. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. 
you know, I don't have a problem with, you know, the mask me at the checkout stand for uh, if I want to round up or if they have a, you know, jar there to throw money in. That doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when I donate and then I get just bombarded for more and more requests. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to cite one by name, I think, but it was disabled veterans that I normally wouldn't have given to them, but they they used to send me, you know, periodically, you know, a letter asking for a donation. They'd include mailing labels, and I used them, and I liked them. And so, you know, once or twice a year, I'd throw, you know, a few bucks their way and stuff. And then they just started, you know, after that, they just started sending me all sorts of stuff. I was getting flags and blankets and everything else from uh-huh. them. I go, they're spending more you know, asking me for money than what I gave them, and I'm not interested. So I just quit giving to them, period. Right. And there's a couple other ones around here that I did give to, you know, because I wanted to give to them. And now they are bombarding me so much with requests that I'm seriously tempted not to donate yeah. to them again. I, I know you're 100% I, right. I uh, couple, a couple of years ago, my uh, my parents both passed away. And they were in the habit of donating a lot of money to a lot of different causes. I don't think they ever said no to anybody. And so after they passed away, I started getting their mail at my house. And there were just literally hundreds of things saying, hey, we haven't heard from you in a while, you know, with your usual donation or your monthly donation. Or they would send, you know, like uh, potholders or something like that and say, here's right. your gift, you know, where's right. our donation? And I, I didn't know. I think my mom was writing 50 checks a, a month, something really? like that. Really? Yeah. Wow. She really Tell you the ones that lot. bother me the most? All the ones that come out during political season. Oh, that, that want money I for had, campaigns? I had so many calls about who I needed to send money to from the political party of choice. This person calling and asking for money for their campaign. Mm-hmm. That person calling and asking for money for their campaign. And it was the soliciting that got under my skin. I'll tell you, I don't need you to text message me and call me and send me information <laughs> in the mail and put a thing on my door. I don't want to give to you anymore. If you're going to do all those things, now you're bothering me. And I'm not going to give to your campaign. Now I'm not going to give or contribute to you any longer. We have a sign uh, that's on our front door that says no solicitors. And I put up, I put that up there, I guess, to find out uh, that there's a word that a lot of people don't know. And that word is solicitors. Yeah. Yeah, I decided that anybody who is going to put a phone call and a text multiple times to my number asking me for their vote or for money that I was not going to do either. Stop soliciting. Gary, thanks for calling us this morning. We appreciate it, man. You're always welcome. And we've got a line open for you at 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-KBOI or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, I'll tell you more about what the governor is demanding from ITD, and we've got some national stuff that we need to share with you today as well. But I think we got to take a break here. Is that right? This is where I usually take it. Yep. 
We'll do. We'll do it when we come back after the break then. KBY News Time is 919. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 923 News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper. Mike will be back next week. We'll take your call at 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-KBOI or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. And Clifford is up. Clifford and Payette talking about solicitors today. Hey, Clifford. Yeah, uh, at uh, 12 minutes after 8 this morning, I got a call on my flip phone. There's only seven people that have my phone number. It came in from New Jersey. And then... Uh, I got it out of my pocket, pushed it back, and it was busy. So I get that periodically in the week. I clear it out, and sometimes I get the option to get removed from the call list. But any, uh, have you had any experience with dealing with the companies to get off the list? I have had no luck getting off any solicitor's list because, yeah. as you know, people who are not legitimate – don't pay any attention to whether you're on a do not call list or not. They just don't give a rip. I'm on every do not call list, but uh, the only thing I can figure out is that if I, I weren't on every one, that I'd be getting a thousand calls a week because I'm still getting a hundred. Yeah, I, I think it's like the Huang flu. I'm, it's contagious for calling your show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've I've been on uh, do not call registry. I yep. update it every year just to make yep. sure my information is correct on there. But it doesn't matter. And you know what? Politicians don't care. It doesn't matter if you're on that do not call list. They're calling and soliciting. Absolutely. It drives me crazy. Well, they, they can, actually. I think if you're... I know, because they yeah, make the law. If you're campaigning, you can still do it. If you're yeah. a business with uh, whom I have done business in the past, you can still do it. Uh, or if you're a charity that uh, I have donated to, you can call me. Welcome to my nightmare. I know exactly. you're going to like it. Clifford, thanks for calling us today, man. I, I appreciate it. Let me ask you if this happens to you. Yeah. Uh, a, f- a phone will come up, and it'll say, uh, if, if it announces it, it'll say unknown caller. Mm-hmm. But then I look at the screen, and a little a little uh, name of a town will come up. But it'll be some little tiny town that has like 50 people in it somewhere in Idaho. Sure. And so I think it's a spoof call. Mm-hmm. And Like, for instance, one day somebody supposedly was calling me from Nez Perce, and Casper wanted to answer because he's from Nez Perce. Right. And, and, but it, that's not who it was. And they weren't, or they, or they call from Bliss, or they call from really any place that has kind of a, an off uh, kilter name. I have, you know, if you have a new phone, you can set it. Or if you have a, I think if you have a Verizon phone, you can set, uh, there's a lot of filters that you can put in your phone mm. so that you don't get the call or it doesn't ring. Um, typically speaking, if I don't have your number in my phone, if it just comes up as an unknown caller, I'm not answering that call. Yeah, I, I but let you those. can set your phone that if if you're not in a contact list, that it doesn't ring. I let those go to voicemail too, because I figure you know if it's important, somebody will leave me a message. I'll listen to the message. I'll call them back. Yeah, but usually if it's important, it's somebody who whose name I recognize. Yeah. Uh, you know, saying typically speaking, I'll Rick get you know a unsolicited. You know, I'll get calls from people who are soliciting me for this, that, or the other thing several times a day. Uh, I'm not alone in that. KBOI News Time is 927. 
Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. It's 9.33 now on News Talk KBOI. Last half hour of the program, Rick Worthington here with Chris Walton. Mike Casper will be back next week after the 4th of July holiday. Supreme Court curbed the Environmental Protection Agency's ability to broadly regulate carbon emissions from existing power plants. A major defeat for the Biden administration's attempt to slash emissions at a moment when scientists are sounding alarms about the accelerating pace of global warming. In addition, the court cut back the agency's authority and generally invoking the so-called major questions doctrine, a ruling that will impact the federal government's authority to regulate in other areas of climate policy, as well as regulate uh, regulation of the Internet and worker safety. Ruling six to three in this case, Chief Justice John Roberts wrote the opinion for the conservative majority with the three liberal justices dissenting the decision. One of the most consequential cases for climate change and clean air in decades decided today by the conservative Supreme Court in a six to three decision. Man, who knew all kinds (laughs) of stuff happening from the Supreme Court this week. Mm-hmm. This is right before they leave town. So they do all this stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd want to leave town, too. And then split. Harry wrote in, he says, let's hear from the man that told Cassidy the story about Trump under oath. But, yeah, he hasn't uh, answered any questions under oath yet, but I, I think uh, they are going to, to uh, subpoena him. I was listening to that last night. Which person is it we're talking about? Uh, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh Anyway, it's it's the guy that she says told her what was going on in, on. in the limousine because may, he was in there. I may have something on this here. We were talking about uh, Representative Liz Cheney, who told this week uh, co-anchor Jonathan Carl in an exclusive interview that she had full faith and the confidence in the testimony that Cassidy Hutchinson had given. Uh, she's a former Trump White House aide who delivered a testimony about the Capitol riot during the... Uh, Hearing this week, Liz Cheney. As you know, there's an active campaign underway to destroy her credibility. Do you have any doubt at all in anything that she said to you? This was the question that was asked to Cheney. She said, I am absolutely confident in her credibility. I'm confident in her testimony. I think that what Cassidy Hutchinson did was unbelievable, and it is an example of bravery and of courage and of patriotism in the face of real pressure. I thought they said that uh, they they welcomed any additional testimony that they could receive from the Secret Service. But haven't gotten it yet, right? Uh, they haven't put anybody uh, under oath to testify yet. Um, I have real confidence as a committee that she testified honestly and in her credibility uh, and in her credibility. And I think the world saw that she testified under oath and her credibility is there for the world to judge. She's an incredibly brave young woman. Cheney added the committee is not going to stand by and watch her character be assassinated by anonymous sources and by men who are claiming executive privilege. 
Hutchinson's lawyers released a new statement amid pushback on her testimony. Ms. Hutchinson stands by all of her testimony that she provided under oath to the select committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. I was looking for information about the uh, person you just mentioned who she got secondhand information about what happened inside the, the beast. Yeah, I have questions about that as well. I'd sure love to know more about it. Former Trump White House counsel Pat Cifalone subpoenaed according that's to the January 6th committee. That's know, that's what we were looking for right the there. The guy whose name I couldn't think of it was Cifalone. Cifalone, spelled C-I-P-O-L-L-O-N-E, so it took me a Smith, minute as well. Smith, Johnson, Williams, yeah. Cifalone. Donald Trump's former White House counsel Pat Cifalone was subpoenaed Wednesday for a deposition by the House January 6th committee. And his team is now engaging on the ultimate scope of the order for future testimony. Quote, the select committee's investigation has revealed evidence that Mr. Cifalone repeatedly raised legal and other concerns about President Trump's activities on January 6th and in the days that preceded. January 6th committee's chair and vice chair, Mississippi Democrat uh, Benny Thompson and Wyoming Republican Liz Cheney said in a statement, Cifalone is evaluating the subpoena and his team is involved with the committee on the parameters surrounding the eventual closed-door deposition. There is an expectation that he and the committee will reach an agreement on the terms by the requested deposition date of July 6. Those sources emphasize the fluid nature of talks. So, yeah, there's a subpoena out there. Uh, whether he decides to ignore it, as some others have, is yet to be seen. I think I would kind of be surprised if he responded and gave testimony. Yeah. John has written in about something we mentioned earlier. He says the nuclear-powered floating hotel has already been done. It's called Floston Paradise, and it's from the movie The Fifth Element. He says, for me, it's one of those classic Bruce Willis movies that play around the holidays. Yeah, I've seen that movie a lot, too. I have, I, I have no idea I, what that is. I forgot the place was uh, Flossed in Paradise. But, yeah, it was like an enormous sh- ship in, in space, and uh, you went there on vacation. I see. No, I don't remember that one. Don't remember that so one. Chris Tucker as Ruby Rude. Chris Tucker. Okay, that's why I haven't seen it. It's very funny, though. Chris Tucker is funny, but... A little bit of Chris Tucker goes a long way for me. Oh, true. Tim wrote in and says, the hilarious part of yesterday's show was the Trumpers that said, once somebody lies, you can't believe anything they say. Well, I I agree with that. There are, um, there are little white lies that maybe you didn't mean to tell. Mm-hmm. And then there are big, fat, ugly lies that we've seen often within the Trump White House. I'm not going to point at anyone in particular. You know who they are. Don, female, D-A-W-N, says, have you people finally realized yet how easy it is for us to use electric cars? We don't need gas or oil, just use electric cars. You just need a battery. It's so simple. I like electric cars. Nothing's quite that simple, but I understand what you're talking about. It just seems like a no-brainer. However, uh, there's so much that goes into, uh, you know, making, transporting, and whatnot, there's, there is uh, a footprint left by everything, including electronic cars. I had a hybrid pickup. I bought it at the beginning of this year. 
I do not have it anymore. It broke 30 days after I bought it. Mm. I was disappointed with it from almost the moment I bought it because the, the way the hybrid engine worked in the pickup that I bought, I'm not going to tell you where I bought it. I'm not going to tell you anything other than this. The hybrid portion of it kicked in when you're driving around town at speeds less than 30 miles an hour. So if I was going from my house to my kid's school, that hybrid engine would kick in at some point driving there. Is that the only time it kicked in? That's that's all it, it's used for. It was not a full-time hybrid oh. assist engine. So if I was on the freeway, I was getting the normal gas mileage that my truck would normally get, which wasn't all that great. We got so our, in driving um, from here to Reno, yeah, I didn't get good gas mileage at all. I was... I was confused, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's only when you're driving around town. <laughs> well, that's garbage. We got our first uh, hybrid vehicle uh, just about a year ago last week, and uh, we've loved it. I mean, it's cut way, way down on uh, What uh, kind of mileage trips, do you get on Trips it? to like 50 miles a gallon. That's great. More. And it's a, it's a big van, so it's it's pretty cool. But uh, nice, yeah. We the first one of the first things we did is is drive over to the coast on vacation, and we filled up once on the way over and once on the way back, and that that's was terrific. It. Yeah. Good for you. And that's driving all around Portland and up and down the coast and just having a good time. Well, I I had to, my truck broke 30 days after I bought it. I had to take it back to the dealership, which they couldn't get parts for the truck that I purchased. Yeah. So I ended up just having to get something else. But I didn't want to have anything to do with another hybrid, not a the make and model that I was I was in with before. So I bought something else. I love it, but it's not getting very good mileage, and therefore I'm not driving it very much right now, and that's, you know, it's not making me any happier, that's for sure. Let's see. Got another instant message. This one says, why isn't everybody automatically on plan C if there is such a thing? Why do you have to sign up for it? What are we talking about? Plan C. What is plan C? I don't know. I'm not sure. It doesn't say what they're referring to. Uh, it might have been during the news. Also, there's another one that says, nobody likes the solicitation calls, so why aren't they illegal? Uh, stuff isn't just... It, just because you don't like something doesn't necessarily mean it's going to ever be illegal. There are a lot of things that people are free to do that nobody agrees with. Uh, I get that. See. I get that. Sean says, I heard the email you read about the guy pointing fingers at ITD, and I'm here to say there's a lot, a lot of sex going on in that organization. A lot of sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's is good. This, is this firsthand, so to speak, knowledge? I mean, there's, there's a lot of that happening in lots of other places, too. I don't know how much it has to do with uh, Jade. what their job is, but okay. Jade writes in on a completely different subject. Chris, I heard you used to work at Boise State football and basketball games for BSU, not KBOI. Well, both, actually, I've done. Uh, what did you do, and did you ever work at the NCAA basketball tournament games? When will those be back? I last went back in 2001. It was a blast. Would really like that tournament to come back to Boise. Don't expect it to happen. Let's see. Uh, uh, That's not going to happen. I did uh, stats. I used to 
back before we had computers, I used to type play by play. And I was the fastest typist that we had uh, among the statisticians. And so that good for you. I basically the the little, the little uh, sheet that you would get at halftime and at the end of the game, you know, that, that described everything. That was me typing that as it was happening. Somebody was calling over my Anita Garrick Abadia uh-huh. that just retired from Boise State. Sure. She used to be the one that was over my shoulder calling it for me. No kidding. And it says the NCAA basketball tournament games. Yeah, we worked all the games, including uh, NBA games, if they were at the pavilion. That's pretty cool. And um, which, of course, is what Extra Mile Arena used to be called uh, before it was Taco Bell Arena. And he said, when will those be back? I don't know. I last went back in 2001. It was a blast. Yeah, they're all a blast. One of them uh, th- that I worked at, it was uh, I saw Shaquille O'Neal's last college game, and right after that, I saw uh, Alonzo Mourning's last college game. That's so that was that was pretty neat. The last time the NCAA tournament was here was a blast. Yeah, it was a blast. But it's not coming back to Boise. It's not coming back for what a was, long time. What was the reason for that? It's because of the uh, rulings that we've had in the Idaho legislature that have been anti, uh, if you're an athlete who is gay. Well, you mean against trans athletes? Yeah. I'm I'm trying to think of the exact language to use here, but yeah, it was the, it was the not gay, but legislature passing those types of rulings. The NCAA says, well, we can't have our, we can't have our tournament there. Because if they had a trans student athlete, that wouldn't go very well with Idaho. So the NCAA has already said they they're making other plans. I mean, mm-hmm. we were on the list to I'm get sure. the tournament back here. So this is right just away. like this is just like uh, when they wouldn't like it's not the same people, but I mean it's it's like when they wouldn't have the national championship game or the Super Bowl in Arizona because they hadn't approved the Martin Luther King holiday. Absolutely. And various things like that. Okay, so if the NCAA decides they want something, you better do it or they will not participate. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, they've said they're not coming back. KBOI News Time 947. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.51, last couple minutes of the program today. Thanks for joining in with us today on KBOI. 208-336-3700 if you want to get a quick call in. Otherwise, I, I have to admit, I did not know what Plan C was. Plan C is the at-home abortion pill. I mm. I know I've heard that. I just wasn't thinking that. Well, the, the the person the person who wrote in asked, why isn't everybody automatically signed up for that? My guess is there are plenty of people who do not want that. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's true. Even though it's le- legally it's classified as contraceptives, if it's an if it's like a, a morning after pill, but you know it is what it is. Right. Uh, Brian writes in and says. Uh, After driving on I-84 during rush hour, I have come to the conclusion that if we want to cut back on CO2 emissions, make it mandatory that everyone must work from home, what a waste of fuel. I will agree with you, and I will say do not move to a larger city. Nope, that's not going to help you. Don't do that. Because if you don't like how often our traffic is at a standstill, you are not going to like a bigger place. Traffic here isn't bad compared to so many other places. It really isn't. I realize that... You get any backup or any bumper to bumper, it's aggravating, especially if you've come from a 
a, a place, a small town, like just about anywhere in mm-hmm. Idaho, and you've never had to deal with that. We were in D.C. a few years ago, and yeah. my, my friend who lives in Baltimore called us up and said, hey, we happened to get our Orioles tickets for tonight, you know, from whatever firm he works for. And would you like to go? And I was like, no brainer. I'm already in the car. What, you know, what's your address? And we drove, <laughs> we drove that afternoon, about two in the afternoon from DC to Baltimore, which is 41 miles. And we got there in only three hours. 41 miles in three hours. That is correct. We averaged about 13, 14 miles an hour. Dang. I mean, because that's a lot of sitting and then, you know, zoom, 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 and then sitting some more. <laughs> how, that, how did that go again? Zoom, 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 zoom. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Sort of sounds like when I'm eating. Good for you. Um, well, I we, we were talking about alternative fuel vehicles, mm-hmm. and you were talking that you guys have, have this van. It's um, yeah. about 50 miles a gallon. It's a it's a hybrid. It's not an all-electric. It's it, a hybrid. Yeah, it is a hybrid. Is it a Honda? Is that what you drive? No, it's a Toyota. It's a Toyota. Okay. Yeah. Toyota has also come out with a hybrid Tacoma. Maybe it's a Tundra, but it's going to be new for In this other words, year. Big pickup truck. Yeah. Okay. But the gas mileage on it is a lot better than it was before. I don't know if it's uh you know, it's definitely not up to what the van is. What's the other um there's a Ford small pickup. I think it's a Maverick. I yeah, I haven't looked at Ford's, so I don't know. Well, Ford does have the three-cylinder engine that they're putting in all the new escapes, and I think in the the smaller pickup that they've got, which is the Maverick, I don't know that they put it in the Ranger. Is that, is that like for if you're going somewhere that's just downhill? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, Ford spent a lot of money on trying to make smaller engines do better, oh, well, do that, bigger things. That makes sense. So when I had my escape before I bought my, my truck, right. it was a three-cylinder engine with turbo, but the gas mileage on it was was really good. So you get 35 miles a gallon in that, no problem. Hmm. But it was because Ford has, you know, I mean, of course you can get a V8 that's not going to get you very good fuel economy, but it's going to be powerful as heck. I know. You remember my what, what I said? I bought a V8 pickup uh, yeah. back in 2002 because it had always been my uh, dream to merge. <laughs> right. <laughs> So what Ford has done with these smaller engines has made them more powerful. So you still get good fuel economy with it. If this sounds like an endorsement of Ford, it was right up until my truck broke. Um, but yeah, these smaller engines do bigger things, and therefore you get better gas mileage. And now they're coming out with the all-electric pickup. The Ford Lightning is supposed to be out this year. I mean, sign up for it if you want, but if you don't sign up for it right away, you probably won't get it until year after next kind of like which, the bronco that i've been waiting which for. right now is true of almost everything yeah yeah well talk to your ford dealer there's some good stuff out there that's going to do it for today's program we'll be back again tomorrow we'll try and do better in the meantime news is on the way for you from abc kby news time nine fifty six.